Welcome to our panini. This is Saratova Beck. We are learning today about speech. Why are we learning about speech? Today is Gimel Shvat. Today is the day that the Lubavitcher said that we need to be the mouthpiece of the Maishrabein of the generation. The Maishrabein had a reason why he needed someone to speak for him. And the reason was, we know, he was Kfad Fan Kfad Lushen, right? He was, he had a stutter. He couldn't speak properly. We're going to look into that in a second. And so what was the solution? Two things happened. His brother spoke for him. So so his, his brother spoke for him. So his brother Aaron was his mouthpiece. He couldn't speak, number one. And number two, he was miraculously healed when it came time to speak. He could not say, does anybody have, you know, salt for my salad? He could not say that. But when he went to speak to Paro or speak to Matantora, he was he was able to speak. So we end up being the ones that speak for the Maishrabein of the, of the generation. Why? And today's the day when the Rebbe said it. And, of course, we know that a couple of weeks later, the Rebbe stopped speaking. Well, that, that, was a, that, was a good, that was a good hint. So somehow we want to step into this, that today we become the speakers for the generation. If you have, um, like I do, if you have a desire to have a microphone to the world, well, now you know why. You're the speaker of the generation. So now let's look into it for a second. What, do you, what is speech all about? So speech is not just, first of all, speech is for somebody else. Because hopefully, if I'm sitting in a room and you, well, once upon a time, before cell phones, if you saw somebody in a room and they were talking, you realize that there must be somebody who just walked out or something. If they're sitting there quietly, you realize there's no one else in the room. But if you come in the room and they're like, yeah, I know, I told him. In the olden days, you you realize there must something's going on, like, who's here? You know, or there must be somebody sitting on the other side of the curtain or something. He's speaking because there's someone else there. If there were nobody else there, he would be thinking. So the thought stays inside of you if, if it's only you. But it needs speech if there's someone else. Good. Okay. Now, today, it's very different. Because everybody walks down the street, you know, orating. So it's, it's an interesting experience. What if, now, by the way, I'm going to, I will bring on this later, I'm going to postulate that that means that there was a, a, a spiritual change in this whole thing. I don't know what. We'll bring with it off the record, off the record. We're just going to record it and then we're going to talk. Um, off the record. But because now when you see people supposedly talking to themselves, you think it's normal because they're not talking to themselves. So whatever that's about, I don't know. We're going to, you know, the Nishay of Benai Sistral are going to figure it out off the, off the recording. So shall we invite people to send in their comments? So let's go back to this. What does Hashem, what do you accomplish with your speech? Let's say, let's say you go to your foot doctor and you speak to him. You have an you have a, you have a ingrown toenail. 
and you go to your ingrown toenail um, expert doctor. He's a spe- he's a specialist. What do you speak to him about? Anybody? Your ingrown toenail, right? And you say, please do this and please don't do that. And also, don't go ahead and do stuff that's not paid for by my insurance. Before you do that, let me know, right? (laughs) You have stuff that you're going to say to him. So when Hashem speaks, that means there's there's something else you've got to communicate to him. When Hashem speaks, he's a little more effective. You know, and you hope you're effective with your ingrown toenail doctor that he's going to listen to you. I can't believe it. I got a bill. Somebody said her son got a little cut on his nose. She had to call a plastic surgeon. He got a very strange cut on his nose. She called the plastic surgeon. He said, should I bother getting out of my swimming pool for this? And she said, please, yes. And then she did notice that he charged the insurance company a very large, large, large amount of money for that 10 minutes of work. I mean, he trained for it. 15 years to do it. And she did call him and say, um, Doctor, you're a crook. If you, do, if you don't give a $1,000 donation to my son's yeshiva, I will report you. <laughs> Just, by the way, not recommended for homework, but that's what she did. So, after he took out the speeches, right. So when we, when we speak, we hope we'll be effective. We'll hope one, the other person will hear us and, 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 and understand it and do what we ask. When Hashem speaks, thank God he has bigger effect. He creates the world with his speech. I should have given a pause to let everybody think. Hashem speaks and let there be grass, let there be trees, let there be flowers, let there be giraffes, let there be toenails, let there be ingrown toenails, let there be healing, let there be ingrown toenail specialists, let there be yeshivas that benefit from the donation, et cetera, et cetera. And he creates these things with his speech. So we know in the world today, there's all this talk about you create with your speech. Be careful what you say. Right? Because mm-hmm. isn't that interesting? We never thought about that before. We never heard that stuff before. But where do we get it from? I guess from the fact that Hashem creates with his speech. So, now, why did he have to create the world with his speech? Isn't speech for somebody outside of yourself? So is the world part of him or outside of him? Part of him. So then he could have sat there. Anything that you're, you're, you're giving over to yourself, just to you, you're sitting and thinking. If you're speaking, that means there's someone else there. So if Hashem spoke to create the world, must be that there's someone else there. Who is it? He creates a world that looks like someone else, something else. He specially specifically creates a world when he puts styrofoam cups, he creates styrofoam cups, he gives them the illusion that they have nothing to do with him. And that's why if you go to the styrofoam cup manufacturer and you say, um, I, you know, is, is, wait a minute, you're charging way too much for a styrofoam cup. Isn't there a God in the world? And he says, not that I know of, number one. And you say, do you create your styrofoam cups so that I should be able to have more of a, a, a recognition of God? He said, nope. <laughs> right? By the way, right? In other words, Hashem did such a good job that when you look at a styrofoam cup, you don't, rec- you don't recognize Hashem in those cups. 
Good job, Hashem. Amazing. Very effective. He set out to do it, and he did it. There's only a catch-22. What does he really want? He wants you to look at the cup and have this incredible experience. So you don't know which was more. Right, exactly. You know, you don't, they used, I remember when I, whatever, and I thought of a Kohan, they used to say, oh, for me, you know, everybody has like their, in the yearbook, their thing. So for me, it was God in styrofoam cups. It was always God in styrofoam cups. Hashem's real desire is not that I be fooled by the styrofoam cup. Because I'm learning a mimer, and I feel, I feel with absolute certainty there's nothing but Hashem. And then I close the Sefer. I'm learning Kafresh Samafav. Wow, wow, there's nothing but Hashem. He is everything. It's so powerful. I feel it in my heart, my mind, my body, my soul, everything. Then I close the Sefer, and I go to drink something out of the cup. And I say, there's nothing but Hashem. And I'm like, really? Sure. Wait a minute, didn't you just feel it three minutes ago? Yeah, that's when I was learning a mind. But this, so what changed? What changed is I looked at the cup. Well, that's some cup. That's a powerful cup. Imagine you can take a student of Torah and you, who has absolute certainty about God and truth, and this cup can confuse them. And it's true, right? Because we always, oh, here's the experiment. Okay, we're going to do it in this group. Zero to ten. Okay. Um, Hashem is everything and everywhere and there's nothing else. Look at this. Look at this page of Torah. Zero to ten. Give yourself a number. You know, let's say it might be an eight, a nine, a ten. Yeah, absolutely. Hashem is just, look at the words. You don't have to understand. Look at the words and say, Hashem is everything. Absolutely. There's nothing but Hashem. Good. Now, take a look. Okay, just look at my cup. Hashem is everything and there's nothing but Hashem. Zero to ten. No, but zero to ten. Do you feel the difference? So it might have been an eight or a nine or a ten when you looked at the at the piece of Tyra. When you're looking at the cup, it might be a six or five, or depending on, you know, your mood, a three. You don't know. That's a cup. You have to look with your cup. You have to look with your cup. That's a cup. How can a cup be so effective that it actually throws me off from the truth that I knew two minutes before with absolute certainty? Is that embarrassing? No. Hashem should be embarrassed. I should be embarrassed? Hashem should be embarrassed. Look what power he gave to the cups. Basically. He did it. I should, right? You know, like the fundraiser who was thrown down the stairs and somebody came along and said, Rabbi, Rabbi. Literally, the gvir just threw him down the stairs and he was in the mud and he was standing up. Somebody came along and said, Rabbi, Rabbi, you must be so ashamed. He said, I should be ashamed. You should be ashamed. What should I be ashamed about? I was asking for tzedakah for yeshiva. Nothing wrong with that. So, so I should be ashamed that the cup threw me off? Hashem should be ashamed. Okay, what is this business? Making a cup with so much power? A dumb little styrofoam cup, it costs point zero 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 one percent And it can throw me off from my absolute certainty about the truth? Excuse me. So Hashem's ultimate purpose is, his ultimate desire is, that the cup will always fool you? Here, well, you know how you know the answer? Go on, willthecupalwaysfoolme.com. <laughs> right? Will this cup that is fooling you now and confusing you now, will it always confuse you? Yes or no? No. What's going to change or when will it change? No, and, and when? Mashiach. 
Mashiach, in Yemaisa Mashiach, every cup will exude Hashem so powerfully that you won't have to go to Shiurim. You just go to the store to buy cups. Say, I need some chizuk. So go to Kulkov and buy some cups. You know what I'm saying? Really? Now I, I need chizuk. I better go to a shear. So then it'll be, you know, I need chizuk. Okay, so wash the dishes. Wash the dishes. Every dish will just be screaming, It's so much more efficient. You know what I'm saying? You get so much more done and out. You don't have to spend time going to shear. You just wash the dishes. That'll be, no, whatever it'll be. Every single physical thing in the world will scream out the truth. So that's the whole transition, right? There's a transition that we're going through. That's a different issue. But what we're focusing on is this idea that Hashem made this cup to be, to fool us for a reason, so that we, you know, we work and work and work to purify the world, and ultimately we, we reveal the godliness in the cup. Good. But how did he create the cup? He spoke. He spoke. He creates with his speech the world that looks like something outside of him. It looks like something, kind of like Paro. Paro said, I don't know, me? I came from myself. I created myself. Look at the cup. Where did you come from, cup? He says, no, I don't know, the cup. Where did I come from? Um, you know, in the, what's that place in New Jersey where they have all the factories? But Englewood, New Jersey. No, no, where'd you really come from? Or in Cyclone? I don't know. Englewood, New Jersey. Yeah, I can be a Chinook where I came from. The cup is annoyed by you asking it where it came from. Did you come from God or not? I don't know. They made me in Englewood, New Jersey. So let's go with the. Okay. So all of this Hashem creates through his speech. A world that looks like it exists separate from him. Serious. Okay. Now let's do one more thing. So Maishra Benu, before Matan Taira, if speech is so important and you create the world through it, and Maishra Benu is Hashem's highest representative in this world, that's strange that he can't talk. I mean, now we understand. And by the way, at Matan Taira, was there singing? Was there dancing? Was there cigarette smoking? You know, was there, was there, what were they doing? What, what was going on in Matantaira? Hashem spoke. So it's all about speech. At Matantaira, not only did he create the world by speaking, but then when he said, and now we're going to create the possibility of the world being a place where I can be seen, again he spoke. Right? So again, he spoke. Oh, well, Simon Bracha is, is, is knowing. Excellent. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. If you wait 10 minutes in New York, it will be over. Don't worry about it. No. It, it will melt before you finish sitting here. We're like I hear you. So, right? So, it's very strange that Maishra Abenu could not speak. He's the one, first of all, Martin Tyree, he could speak. He's the one who has to give us the Tyra. And then, by the way, what do we talk about in Yemais Mashiach? Mashiach will speak Tyra Chadasha. Everything seems to be coming through speech. So why would Maishu Rabbeinu not be able to speak? And the reason that he couldn't speak is because his neshama, let's see if I can find it inside, his neshama was from a very, very high place. He was, um, one second, because 
his his soul was from the world of Taihu, where there are massive lights but very small vessels. What what it, you know what? It, I experience that a lot of the time. I go to Empire Kosher, and I don't bring my shopping cart, and I think I'm just buying two things. Oh, <laughs> and I walk out with 150 pounds of stuff on my shoulder, you know, and like, and I'm like, it takes me 20 minutes to get to the court. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I have a massive order of stuff and like, you know, not enough bags or, you know, not enough carrying power, power to bring so, but massive light, Maishu Rabbeinu, massive light, his soul from a place, is from a place, tell you, where there are massive light, very few vessels. His mouth is from the world of Tikkun, where there are big, big vessels, right, and small light. His mouth could not filter so much light through it. You know, in other words, put it this way, you know, let's say, sometimes they have, on the other side of that door, they have a lot of boxes. And they say, no, 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 squeeze through, squeeze through, you know. Uh, you know, uh, then you're, you know, that's, that's the litmus test who, about the diet or not the diet. You know what I'm saying? Some of those 15-year-old girls, they actually squeeze through. The rest of us, we, uh, how am I supposed to get uh, through the four-inch opening? They say, why? Uh, <laughs> right? Just to think out of the box. Just to think out of the box. So that means, such a massive light of the soul of Meisherbein could not squeeze through, could not come through a vessel of of his mouth, which was from this world. Meaning his light could not come through this world, too small a world for such a massive light. That sounds so familiar. That's probably what happened in Mazen I mean, everybody did pass away. Why do you think they passed away? Not because of, you know, I don't want to say. Not because, you know, there were no heart, there were no heart attacks, God forbid, there was no, why did everybody pass away? At, at Matan Tyrus. Massive light. If Hashem is revealing His essence, massive light, and we had small little vessels, small bodies. So everybody just, right, it just shattered everybody's vessel. Really, the Rebbe says, really when Hashem spoke, we literally, it was so powerful that it took us through our entire shlichus in life, and we finished it in one minute. You know, sometimes you can do things fast. You know, those people who can do your house for pay stuff in like one afternoon. <laughs> right? Right. Sometimes you can do. So, all this. I know, 1-800. I, I make pay stuff in, in four hours. Mm. Good question. Why did Hashem shatter the world? He knew that the world is very delicate. It's really not big enough to, to hold his light. So why did he do it? So that's a whole other question. Ultimately, he infused it with his essence, which ultimately works through, works through the world all through these generations, and ultimately it has to be installed in there so that ultimately, ultimately in Yemaisa Mashiach, after we did a few thousand years of Avaita and we're working with that energy inside the world, then ultimately we work and work and work and work and work so that the world becomes a fitting vessel for the same life. And how do you know, by the way, at the beginning of the Darshvi, you know, in the 1950s, before that, you always had in the world vessels that were breakable, pottery and stuff like that. Every vessel could be shattered. We're saying spiritually, every vessel was shattered. Interesting, when did they introduce space-age plastic? Couldn't be broken, couldn't be cracked. Probably in the 50s. 
after the war, beginning of the Darcy. Space-age plastic, right? Couldn't be shattered. Vessels that couldn't be shattered. Anyway, so to make it simple, I want, I want to just make this simple and, 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 and conclude it, and then we're going to for brain it. So we see that, um, as it says, um, oh, and Moshe Rabbeinu said, Hashem, please don't send me to redeem the Jewish people. Shlach tishla. Send Mashiach. Where the Kalim are many. Don't send me. Send Mashiach who has big enough vessels for your, in, your enormous amount of powerful life. I, Maishu Rabbeinu, I don't have those kind of vessels. And really, it wasn't. When Maishu Rabbeinu says, I don't have it. Come on. Maishu Rabbeinu has it all. He means us. Right? We are all within Maishu Rabbeinu. So when he's saying, I don't have a big enough vessel, that's a nice way, you know, like the, the British ways you say, well, we are thirsty. I don't know. Anybody here thirsty? No. Okay, that's the royal way. That's the British way of saying I'm thirsty. When Maishu Rabbeinu says, I, Maishu Rabbeinu is really reflecting us. If we didn't have big enough vessels then to take in so much light from Hashem at Mat and Cyrus, Maishu Rabbeinu said, he didn't. He was the visibility of the fact that we didn't have big enough vessels. As we go into Yemaisa Mashiach, what's the job? Make bigger vessels. Make bigger vessels. Us. So partly I would say, how do we do it? All the mindset work changes that we're, we're talking about and working on, changing our frequency of how we look at life. You know, nothing is impossible. And all the things that we used to say, oh, no, I'll never fit into this parking spot. You know, and then we say, wait, why shouldn't I fit into the parking spot? Just because, you know, et cetera. All the, all the old ways that we say what I can and what I can't, now there's a new way, a higher frequency, which is, you know, why shouldn't I be able to? Right? Just because I'm stuck in traffic at the George Washington Bridge and it's bumper to bumper all the way to Atlantic Avenue doesn't mean I shouldn't get to Atlantic Avenue in, in 10 minutes. How are you going to do it? I don't know. Hashem knows. Right? So that's the token, that changing frequency of, of thinking makes a giant difference. Right? So I think that that's part of what we do. And again, all the term misses. What did we do classically throughout all the generations to make our vessels for Hashem's light bigger? Unfortunately, Kiddush Hashem. Mesiris Nefesh, Tarim Mitzvah, Mesiris Nefesh, and Kiddush Hashem. It made, unfortunately, it made the vessels of the world very wide. So that if the Rebbe comes along and announces, this is it, we're going into Yemaisa Mashiach, must be that, that the vessels are wider. We did a lot of work. Although the next vessel is open. Open means expand, doesn't it? Open your, which vessel? Not your nose, not your ears. Not your mouth, open your eyes. That's one of the vessels. Isn't that one of the ways that I interact with the world? The light is coming, and it's coming into the vessel of my eyes. That's why, by the way, the Rebbe said, the first people to be healed will the people are the people whose vision is impaired. The vessels of their eyes are not yet big enough. They have so much light. They see what we do not see. And they have so much light that the vessel of a regular old eye just can't contain it. So, that means they have so much light. So, they're going to be the first ones to be healed, and they're going to start to tell us what they see. Wow. Right, I was listening to that. 
So we're just going to sum this up by saying, so therefore, if today, you know, in the famous, the, the famous Bart, today is Gimel Thomas, Gimel Thomas, Gimel Schwartz, when there was a professor of the Friyad Rebbe, of the, of the Rebbe Rayat, who said once Rebbe Rayat had a stroke and couldn't speak anymore, and his doctor, who was called a professor, said, Rebbe, it doesn't make any sense. Your whole job is to inspire the entire world with Tyra. And for that, you need speech. And Hashem would take away your speech. This is what you're here to do in life. And Hashem took it away. And really, I think the Rebbe says, it's not for us to, we don't know. Except we know, not why. You know, you know, right? You know, in the entire world, you say, why, why, why? They don't ask why, just ask why. Why, I don't know. Ask what? So, why? The professor asked, why, why, Rebbe? And the, to the Friedrich Rebbe, and the Rebbe said, forget about why, what? So what should we do? The Rebbe said, well, we already have it in the book, in the holy book. Aaron Akain was appointed to be the mouthpiece of Meshurbenu. So obviously, somebody's been appointed to be the mouthpiece of the Meshurbenu of the generation. Who do you think it is? Just us chickens. Help me, help me, help me. And what do the chickens say? Help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help help, help. Anyway. Right, the free of was right. But that's not speech. Right, that's not speech. Right, you're right. Anyway, so this is the day when, because it was spoken today, we are being empowered today on Gimel Shvat to become the mouthpiece, the Aaron of the generation for Maishar Benu, and maybe that even implies Aaron Akayan had other other midas, which were he really knew how to yeah make people get along. He was an amazing life coach, amazing. He really knew what to say to get people to you know to have shalom. Amazing, right? He he really knew what to do. So maybe that's part part of it included in it. But anyway, we just know. We are being given a lofty job that, that, that you know, since Aaron nobody got that job. We are being given it, number one. And number two, we don't just get jobs. We get everything we need to be able to do the job. So today we are being empowered to be the Aaron the, the mouthpiece of Maishu Rabbeinu of this generation to speak his messages and his words to the entire generation, every Jew and every non-Jew. That's what we're here to do, and somehow we can do it. And that's why you find when you go on Messiah and they ask you questions, you find answers that you didn't know you had. And you realize it's not me speaking. And really, if you start to explore that concept, you realize that when you're saying good things, it's never you speaking. When you're saying bad things, I don't know who it is who's speaking. But when you're saying good and holy things, my theory is it's never. Not, you know, like, wow. You know how people say, like, wow, look at that. Look at that young man. Like, you're his mother. How do you do that? He said, I don't know. It didn't come from me. You know, like, God must have educated him directly. You know what I'm saying? So, wow, where do you have such words of wisdom? It's like, I don't know. I really... I don't know. It didn't come from me. You know, just like, I figured out, you know, just like start moving the lips and see what happens. And it's like ventriloquist. I, I, it's almost like, really today? 
it's like ventriloquist. Hashem is like, and Moshe Rabbeinu, they're standing right beside us and behind us, and they're, and they're not moving their lips, and we're moving our lips, and it looks like we're talking. It looks like, huh, huh, yeah, right? It looks like we're talking, and everybody thinks we're amazing. And, right? And you can say, no, 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 it's not me. It's Hashem, and it's Moshe Rabbeinu. And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I know you studied a lot and you practiced out of time. I'm telling you, it's not me. They don't believe it. You know, they think we're being humble. Well, we have time to be humble, right? Anyway, so it's not us. It's Maishu Rabbeinu speaking through us, and he knows exactly what he wants to say. And if we just move our lips, it's all going to work. And the end, on, and one more benefit, we move our lips appropriately, and it's unbelievable how people are like, wow, you know, right? You see a woman on the street, you know, a non-Jewish woman, and she's, looking at her cell phone, because she knows you're not interested in, in saying hello to her. And then you say, hello, this is for, you know, you give her whatever, she has a missus card, whatever, and she's like, oh, my goodness, dear, thank you so much, thank you so much. As if, like, wow, you said who knows what. You know, you said, this is for you. Whoa, those are profound words. And she's just like, she has this whole godly experience, because you're just moving your lips. And she is seeing, she's feeling a shem. And I'll end it with one, one thing. Once I was in Great Neck with somebody here, a, a, a woman, Kavi, and we went on this time. Many years ago, we went to a park, and we, we saw a woman. And we, we started, you know, speaking to her, and then I think Kavi gave her, I don't know, brochure or whatever. She had a miss, not she a miss, maybe, a I don't remember. And all of a sudden, and you know what happens. If you do misclaim, this is why we don't do misclaim with men. You do misclaim with somebody. At that moment, you reach out to them and speak to them, and it's really not you, it's really Hashem and Maishu Rabbeinu, they fall in love with, with Hashem, right in front of your face. It's, that's why you don't want to do it with men. They really fall in love with Hashem. And so, but they think it's you. So this woman looked at Javi and said, you have the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. Yeah, yeah. It was the weirdest thing. And this was in the old healthy days, you know, so she just, it was the weirdest thing. And it was clear. And there's one more story. Remember, I think I told you many times, my husband had to go to a lawyer. I said, forget it. I'm going to stay. It was on the streets of Manhattan. I met a woman with her dog, and we're talking about a chef. said, dog is God, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And finally, the lawyer and my husband come downstairs, and I'm still talking with this woman, and and, and I give her a special card and, and a, you know, a Sheva Mitzvah card or, or a Sheva card. And she gives me such a big hug and a big kiss and says, yes. And she says, Mashiach now, right? Mm-hmm. So the lawyer looks at me and says, I guess you met an old friend on the street. I said, well, so to speak. <laughs> he never would have believed it. Right? Like, come on. You, like, you went up to a stranger and she's, you know, what's going on? Anyway, so that's it. We are the speakers. Move your lips. Say, have the right intentions in mind. And we're going to bring the whole world with a speech to the speech of Tarek Hadassah, the speech of Mashiach, to speak to the entire world and bring them to the consciousness of Hashem Echad, Ushmayuchad, and Mashiach immediately now.